Welcome to the official broadcast of Life Fellowship Ministries in Kima, Texas. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. Be sure to visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. We're in the series, God First. And so last week, I talked about my role, and I I told you that that uh, I had spoken with a pastor uh, probably a year ago, and he was telling me about these two teachings that Pastor Robert Morse did on my role or uh, the role of the pastor and the role of the church. And he said, it's a really good uh, sermon series. You ought to check it out. So I did, and and I don't teach other people's messages but uh, typically, but I thought these were so timely for where we are as a church. And I wanted us to understand what my role is, and today I'm going to talk about your role, but let me just recap a couple of things from last week. Uh, If you missed any of the series, I encourage you to go back online. We have Facebook Live now. We have YouTube Live, I think, now. We have our sermons online. You can watch online. You can archive. So if you miss a sermon, you can podcast us. You have no reason to not go back and, and catch up with where we are. But last week, I talked about my role. My role is to train and equip you to minister. My second point last week is my role is to seek the Lord and direction for individuals and also for the church. Because there are a lot of times I'm praying for you. You don't know it, but I'm interceding and praying for you. I'm waking up in the middle of the night. And, uh, and, and so that's part of my role. My, my other role, the third point last week, was my role is to train up leaders, to train you up and equip you to be leaders and to go out and minister effectively. Um, to live a godly, healthy, abundant life. Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you would have abundant life. Uh, so... That's part of my role, to equip you to live this godly life, but also to equip you for the ministry that the Lord has given you. And, uh, you you know, all of us are in full-time ministry as Christians. We're all out. We should all be out there sharing the love of Christ because you, you have opportunity there before you every day, every week. Yesterday, uh, Pastor Christine and I went to a celebration of life service for a young man uh, that passed away. And whenever we go to those kinds of services, it's a a great reminder and time to take some time to reflect on our life and and the things that are really important. And uh, I was thinking about that last night and this morning, and I was thinking about this message of your role, our role, is really important to reach out to people and share the hope and the love of Christ because we never know how long we're going to be here on this earth. We never know how somebody that God has placed in our path is going to be here. Only the Lord knows the number of our days. And just like that, our life can be taken. And, and so are we pressing into him? Are we really growing? Are we really connecting with him in this personal, intimate relationship? And then also, are we uh, uh, pouring into other lives? Because... We, are make, we have the, the, the great opportunity to, to impart into people's lives and impact them. And they may not be here tomorrow, or we may not be here tomorrow. So today I, I want to look at your role. And uh, again, the series is Keeping God First. Not just talking about it, but, but really keeping Him first in our lives And this morning I'm going to talk about your role. So every Christian should be equipped for the ministry that God has called you to. 
And um, our first ministry is to our family. Our first ministry begins at home. Um, because if it's not happening at home, it's not really going to happen out there. And ministry at home is probably the toughest ministry, right? Because you can go and pray for somebody, you can counsel with somebody, you can visit them in the hospital, and then you can leave. But your family's always there. And, uh, you know, that can be a difficult place to minister to because it's always right there before us. We can't run away from that. So our first ministry is to our family. Last week, I talked a little bit about Moses missing the opportunities for his sons to be involved in the miraculous things that the Lord did when uh, God released the children of Israel from uh, Egypt. And so his sons missed out on a lot of that. And not only that, but uh, they should have been two of the spies that went over into the promised land and said, hey, you know, I know there are giants in the land, but we can take the land. We can do this thing. And because of the dynamics in the family, his sons missed out on those things. And so, again, our first ministry begins at home. Let's look at our core scripture. It's Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, and I'm actually going to go beyond that today. But in verse 11, it says, Now these are the gifts... Christ gave to the church. Have you ever thought about that, that Christ gives gifts to the church? And uh, let me ask you to consider, is the church still valid and operating today? I think it is. Does the church still need gifts? Yes. Okay, let's read on. Ephesians 4.11. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility, who? Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher is to equip who? God's people to do what? His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. And so the gifts are for the equipping of the saints, the equipping of believers to what? Do His work and to build up the church, also known as the body of Christ. Um, Think about a home builder or a... uh, construction worker, maybe a carpenter, and he has tools in his tool belt, right? He has a, probably has a circular saw, he has a hammer, he probably has a nail gun, a ladder, a cordless drill. Those are tools that he has to perform his job and do what he needs to do. So Christ has given the church tools, those are the apostles, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, to build up his church, to, to, for us to be built up. And uh, to be become trained, and to be it begins really with us becoming committed to the process of being trained and equipped, right? Because if you go to school, you have to commit in order to finish that degree or, or become you know a nurse or whatever that looks like. There's a commitment there that needs to take place. And so, are we committed to this growth process that God is trying to do in our hearts and lives? And are we uh, Um, allowing God to use the tools for building us up. And and part of that is being trained and equipped. And so whenever whenever you come here on Sunday morning, you're being trained and equipped. Even when we come on Wednesday night for prayer, where we are praying for specific things and we're spending time in worship, we're being trained and equipped because we're coming into his presence and he's working in our hearts and lives. Like Jason was saying uh, 
for him last week. You know, he just spent time in the Lord. That's, that's an area of training and equipping as we come in, into this personal, intimate relationship with him and grow in that because it's an ongoing uh, relationship that's being developed. And, and additionally, we are learning to spend more time in prayer. Most people don't spend very much time in prayer. And we need to be spending more time in prayer, not as a religious activity, but as in, in a growth process of connecting with him on a greater level. And so as we begin to spend time with him on, in prayer on Wednesday night and Thursday morning for 20 minutes or whatever, we're developing that prayer muscle in us and uh, getting more comfortable with that. Uh, maybe when you were a young Christian, you weren't comfortable with praying. Or maybe even, uh, even now as a Christian, you're not comfortable in spending quiet time and just getting in that place and listening to that small, still voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And so that's part of this development process, uh, this growth, this intimacy with Christ that happens as we spend time with him. So we become committed disciples of Christ and we become trained so that we can make or so that we can train up other believers. So whenever you come here on Sunday morning or Wednesday night or whatever, and you're getting the Word of God, it's not just for us right now, but it's how can we help those who need help? How can we help those and pour into those people, those lives of people around us? So we're being trained and equipped so that we can help train and equip others. Um, we are going through... Men, we, we've started this, this class, the Conquer Series, and uh, it, the men are the leaders of the home. It, it, it's not a value thing. It doesn't mean that the women are of less value, but God has called us to lead our home. So let me ask you men to consider a couple of questions here. here how, how well are you leading? How well are you training and equipping your wife? Are you training and equipping your wife? What about your children? Are you pouring into them? Are, are they, they seeing good examples? How do children learn? Example, example, example. What about your grandchildren, if you have grandchildren? So we have, we have just this tremendous opportunity to, as we grow, then begin to train and impart what God is doing in us and equipping us to do so that others around us our wife, our children, our grandchildren, our neighbors, that, that they understand that they can have a relationship with Christ and they can be committed to, the, to this growing in this relationship with Him and yielding to Him and seeing God do amazing things in our lives. Because I know we've all tried to navigate through the challenges of life sometimes and we keep, keep hitting a brick wall or whatever. And then sometimes we get to that place and we say, you know what, Lord, I'm, I'm just going to give this to you. I need your help. And I've seen in my own life where God begins to do some amazing things uh, when I just yield to him. And uh, so let, let's look at Ephesians 4.12. Their responsibility, again, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will, what, continue. It, it doesn't, we don't just get to a place and, and, it, and it ends necessarily but it says this will continue until we what all say all, all come into such unity in our faith and knowledge of god's son that we will be mature in the in the lord so this will continue is the church in unity 
Do you ever have disunity in your family? Do you, do you ever see disunity in the church? Not necessarily here, but, but in the body of Christ? You know, where churches are, are struggling and fighting back and forth. I'm, I mean, we're, we're, we were designed to be a body, to work together, to not be working against one another. In fact, the Lord says he hates division, especially in his body. And, and so this will continue until we all come into unity of our faith where we come to the understanding of the word of God and, and we're all in one accord. We, you know, we, we can have differences of opinion. My wife and I have differences of opinion. And so I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about where we put the Lord first and we're honoring him above our opinions and our own little things and that we're working together and, and that we're coming together in, in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, not just knowing about Him. You know, people say, well, I, I, know, I know who Jesus is. Well, the demons from hell know who Jesus is. Uh, do you know Him, though? Not know about Him. And so we come into unity in our faith and knowledge, this knowing of God's Son, Jesus, that he is impacting our lives, that he's doing something in our hearts and lives because there should be an outward change or there should be a, an outward expression that changes in our life as God is doing something in our hearts and lives. Am I the only one that he's doing something in their hearts? You know, and so God wants, wants us to yield to him and allow him to uh, bring us into maturity that we would grow up. Yes, the, the beginning point is, is that we get saved, but are we becoming spiritually mature? Ephesians 4.13, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. The church and the world needs to see some mature believers. <laughs> On Sunday, my primary goal is, is to train and equip you to become mature believers so what's your job my first point this morning is to be available a lot of times people look for people in in the church to lead that have ability you know what god is not looking for people with ability per se because he gives the ability he's looking for people that are available are you available because he can take someone that's available and pour in his ability and, and give them the tools that they need and the equipping that they need to do his work. But if you find somebody that's really uh, gifted and, and has tremendous uh, abilities, but they're not available, that's not going to do much good. Have you ever been impressed by the Lord to maybe pick up the phone and call somebody or text somebody or reach out to somebody and maybe you're busy and you're like, oh, you know, I'm really busy right now, God, to minister because I'm working on the sermon. I need to, you know, or whatever that may be like. And for all of us, it would be different things. But, but then we miss the opportunity because we were focused on something else. And as I've shared with you guys before, when I was working in the lab, I'd be running an experiment or something, and I would feel like the Lord was wanting to, me to go to my office and spend some time with them or pray or something. And what I found is the Holy Spirit's really gracious because I'd be in the middle of something, and I'm sensing the Lord, and I'm like, Lord, can you give me just a couple of minutes to finish this up? And, and, and it's like the Lord would say, yeah, 
Yeah, you're, you're, you're being paid to do a job here. And when you honor your boss, when you honor doing your job, you're honoring me. And so, yeah, go ahead and finish this experiment. But I want to talk to you. And so I would go, I would maybe go outside and, and pray or go to my office and take a little break or whatever. And God would begin to speak to me. So God is not so rigid that, okay, I want to speak to you right now and, you know, close your eyes and pray and you're driving down 45. No, well, uh, you know, <laughs> talk about walking by faith. I mean, you know, uh, but, but what I found is that God is gracious to us. But he wants, to, he wants us to be sensitive to his Holy Spirit and speak to us. And he does that through vessels that are available that will make themselves be available. And so every, every week, we interact with people. And are we taking a, just some time to say, God, what do you want? What do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? And if, if you look around this room, you have different interactions every week than anybody else in this room. Now, there may be some of the same, but like on your job and things like that, and, and uh, there's different people that you interact with, and the Lord can use you to make a difference in those lives and families if you're willing, if you're available. Because God has given you a job so that you can earn a, an income and, and all of those kinds of things. And, and you should do a good job. Be a great example at your job. But he's also placed you there so that you can be a witness of the love of Christ. And I, I can tell you, I know there are people all around you that are hurting at your jobs and in your neighborhoods. And, and so what is your role? Is to be available to the Lord to work through your life. Again, I'm not proposing that you be a cruddy employee and that you, you, know, you don't do your job because you're out praying for people. Do your job and do it well. The Word says, do you see a man who excels in his work? He will not stand before common man, but he will stand before kings. And God has, has given you this job. Your employer is paying you to do a good job. So be a great example and a tremendous employee but also be available for the Lord to work through your life. And so I talked a little bit about this last week, I think, but I, I was thinking about it some more. I was thinking about our impact in, in lives and family. And say on Monday morning, say you have a, a, a work group of 10 people that you interact with on a daily basis. And then maybe on Monday, you, uh, there's five other people that you have an interaction with. Maybe you go to a meeting or something like that. So that would say, say that's 15 people. And then that would be on Monday. On Tuesday, you still interact with those same 10 people in your work group maybe. But maybe there's another five people that you interact with. Maybe you have to go out to the warehouse to pick up some items. And, and on the way there, you have some interaction with five people. And then, then on Wednesday, you, you still have that same interaction with those same 10 people. But, you know, what's happening in those 10 people's lives, as is yours, is things are changing, right, every day. You, get, you may go in on Monday and somebody in your work group is, man, I'm, I've got a hangover today. I just really partied this weekend. And, and last night, Sunday night, I just really blew it out and I'm having a hangover. And on Tuesday morning, they may 
not be in that same place. And so there's a dynamic that's happening in our lives and in the lives of people. But my point is that as we go to work every day, I'm just using this as an example, there are probably, say there are 15 people that we interact with. And then maybe one day during the week you go to the grocery store, you interact with somebody there, and then, then maybe you come to church and, and you, you interact with four other people here. Uh, I mean, just for this example, that's like 80 people. Okay, say that that 10 of us um, interact with 80 people a week, which I think is reasonable. So if I pick 10 of us uh, times 80, that's 800 people. Right. And then imagine that that 100 of us impacted 80 people. That's 8000 people a week that we could be ministering to. And those 10 people that we're, we're working with, those are the ones that we can really pour into because they're seeing our life day in and day out. Because they see us on the good days. They see us on the bad days. We see them on the good days. We see them on the bad days. We see them after our evaluation, after our boss has called us in, or whatever that looks like. So we have tremendous opportunity to build relationships with those people. Some of the greatest relationships that that I've found have been in the workplace because you get to know people and build relationships. And whether they're saved or unsaved, it's a, it's a tremendous opportunity. So if we have 100 people interact with 80 people, 8,000 a week times 52 weeks, that's over 400,000 people that, that 100 people could be in, interacting with and impacting their lives because they may not be here next year. You may not be here next year. So are we seeing and are we seizing the opportunities to make a difference because the church became ineffective when this mentality came into the church that, oh, the pastors are the ones that do the ministry. No, we all are the ones that do the ministry and reaching out to people. So the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are gifts that Christ gave to the church to equip the saints to what? To go out and minister. As you go out and live it. And what I, what I believe is that the roles are the same, whether you're a prophet, uh, apostle, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. The goal, what the word says, is that their role, their, those offices are what? To equip the saints. So many times we get these concepts in our head about things, like, like uh, maybe an evangelist. We see an evangelist come into town, they blow into town, and they have these revivals, and people are all excited, and they get saved, and then they leave, and, and then the pastor has all this stuff to deal with because the evangelist is gone, right? But what if instead of uh, the mindset of an evangelist coming in and just getting 200 people saved, which is great, what if the focus was getting them saved and equipped? Because these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher for what? Equipping the saints. So we have these opportunities to reach out to people every week, and, and I try to take advantage of those opportunities, not as a pastor, but as a saint, as a believer in Christ, to, to share and, and pray with and, and talk to and build relationships with the waitress at the restaurant or, or, the, or the store clerk. And, and so when you go out and, and into the workplace and, and you're reaching out to people, you're not going as a marketing manager or, or uh, a nurse or fill in the blank, whatever your role is. You're going out there as uh, a child of God 
that has some insight into what this life can be like because we knew what it was like before. And you may be talking to someone that has no idea, that, that doesn't go to church, that doesn't get good biblical foundational teachings, that, that doesn't know uh, that they can have a relationship with Jesus. They may be thinking, I have to be religious and I have to jump through all these hoops and I have to do all this stuff. Not knowing that it's, it's, it's really that, it's not that difficult. Just, we just come to this place of yielding and saying, God, I need you in my life. And so we reach out to others as disciples to share the love of Christ with people. That should be our heart. Because he's doing something in us. And it, it, so we have this opportunity as we come across other believers, what we can encourage one another to acts of love and good works. As we run across people that don't have a relationship with Jesus, we can encourage them, we can strengthen them, we can build them up, we can pray with them, we can spend time with them. Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.2, he says, You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. So we get taught so that we can teach others, train and equip others about this relationship so they can teach and train and equip others so they can teach and train and equip others. It just goes on and on. And so we have a tremendous impact in the world around us as we understand that, that God wants to train and equip us, that we're all ministers. And I'm not talking about you have to you know, quote a bunch of scripture because if somebody doesn't know the word, if somebody doesn't know the Lord, they're not they're not going to know what you're saying, and, and are they really going to care about that? What they need is they need some help right now from their hurting relationships or their marriage or, or whatever's going on in their life. And, and so God is placing us in a position to, to be his, his voice, to, to speak that love, to speak that encouraging word to someone. Proverbs 24.16 says, The godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. And Satan's going, oh, no, they're getting up again. <laughs> That's how it should be, man. We, we, we hit a brick wall, and we get up, and we, we go forward. But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. So we know we have this hope of Christ in us. We have the Spirit of God living in us. And I know that life is not easy sometimes. I know that it's a challenge for all of us. But we get back up. And we press in and we move forward. Faithful, faithful people get up and they, they continue on. And, uh, you know, when the enemy begins to speak to us, we say, no, I, I'm, I'm not listening to that. I'm, I'm looking at the word of God. That's why it's important that we know the word of God and we understand our purpose and his plan for our lives because his, his purpose and plan is good for us. The enemy wants to still kill and destroy, but Jesus wants to live the abundant life that he came to give us. And there are people all around us that are looking for that. And so you can be a model for what that looks like. I'm not talking about being perfect because none of us are. But we can live this thing out that we say we believe. So Ephesians, let's continue in Ephesians 4, 13 through 16. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. 
Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. So Paul is talking about us. He's talking about you and me becoming mature believers so that we're not thrown off track so easily with with other things that sound right because the world will throw things at us that sound right. But when we go back to the Word of God and the Scripture, we're like, you know, that's, that's not exactly right. And Ephesians 4, uh, 4.14 continues, We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. We know the truth because we know the Word of God, and we understand what the Word of God says. Verse 15, Instead, we will speak the truth, what? In love. So we're speaking the truth in love. Growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Verse 16, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of joint or hip joint or something. Those are two things that are connected together that work together, right? And so when you think about the body, think of of us working together together. Uh, not as an individual piece or part, but that we're working together. Think of a puzzle, that you're a piece in that puzzle. And if you're missing, part of the sky is missing. Have you ever put together a puzzle and you've got a piece missing? It's just not complete. <laughs> and so the body of Christ is not complete if you're missing. It just, you know, it looks pretty good, but it would sure look a lot better if you were there, if you were in that puzzle as well. And so he makes, he makes, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly because of the giftings and the talents and the personality and, and all of the things that God has imparted into you. He makes all those things fit together perfectly. But you notice what it says, as each part, what, does its own special work, not somebody else's work, are necessarily that other work over there, but as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So you need that person in your life. That person needs you in their life. We need each other. (laughs) We really do. Sometimes we may not like each other, but we need each other, okay? So God has connected us together so that we can grow and that we can learn to work together and, and grow together and, and become this uh, dynamic uh, body of Christ that Christ came to give. And so how are you available to being equipped? Well, every, every service here is, is an equipping service in effect, and it's an opportunity to get more equipped. But again, you will not be equipped if you're unavailable. If you're trying to get a degree in something and you're not going to class, you're not going to pass. You're never going to be equipped. But you have to be available. You have to be committed. The, the equipping is to become mature believers, to be committed to understanding his heart, his desire, his purpose, his plan, and to spiritually grow up. So that happens as we come into this uh, place of commitment and saying, Lord, I'm committing to you, and I want to be available to you. I want to I have you work through my life. So my first point this morning is to be available. My second point is to be a servant. Are you serving? 
Because that's a great expression and demonstration of this relationship with Christ is if you're serving. Again, these are the gifts Christ gave. They are to serve the, the church, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. And when we, think of, when we think of the offices, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, we think that a, a apostle is the highest, you know, that's kind of the thing that we want to obtain to. And really, I think we have a misunderstanding of that because God, give, God calls people into those offices. It's not like we, we become, you know, uh, a teacher and then a pastor and then an evangelist. You know, we don't move up through the ranks. Those are offices that God calls us to. But we often think that the highest calling is an apostle. But you know what? There's a higher office than that. In Mark 9, Jesus is teaching his disciples, Mark 9, 33 through 35, and he says, After they arrived at Capernaum and settled in a house, Jesus asked his disciples, What were you discussing out on the road? <laughs> when the Holy Spirit asks you a question, it's not because he doesn't need you to Google it or he doesn't know the answer. It's because we need to think about the question. So Jesus is having this discussion with the disciples, and he says, what were you discussing on the road? And uh, I can envision this whole picture in my head, but, uh, but they didn't answer because they had been arguing about which of them was the greatest. And I can imagine that they kind of ducked their head, and it's like, well, John, you think you're his favorite? You tell him what, what we were talking about. <laughs> and so then uh, in verse 35, Jesus, he sat them down. He called the 12 disciples over to him and said, whoever wants to be first must take the last place and be the servant of everyone else. You know, it's okay to, be, to want to be great in the kingdom of God. Uh, that's a wonderful thing. But do you know what it requires? <laughs> Yeah, everything. Serving is the way to become great in God's kingdom. How many how many people you think go to college and they say, well, you're getting your degree. What do you want to do when you get out of college? I want to be a servant. <laughs> but in God's kingdom, that's the key, that we are servants. What did the, the apostles and the early church leaders say? Let's, let's look at a couple of things here. In uh, Paul, Paul, an apostle... He says in Romans 1, this letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ, a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach his good news. You know, it's Paul didn't say, I'm Paul, I'm an apostle. You know, I have a title, I have a, a mantle. He says, no, I'm a servant. And when I, th when I think about this word slave, I think that's even less than a servant, a slave. A slave has no rights. Go do this. Go do that. At least a servant has, well, you know, I'm, I'm a cook. I, uh, I can do that, sir, but, uh, you know, I'm really supposed to be in the, in the kitchen cooking. And a slave has no rights other than to serve his master. And so Paul has this understanding that he is my master. I'm not only a servant, but I'm a slave. Whatever he says for me to do is what I'll do. Let's look at uh, Jesus' brother and early church leader, James, in James 1.1. 1, 1. This letter is from James, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Second Peter 1.1, 1, 1, Apostle Peter. This, this letter is from Simon Peter, a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ. Jude 1.1, 1, 1. 
This, this letter is from Jude, a slave of Jesus Christ and brother of James. See, success in the world says it's defined by how many people serve you. Success in God's kingdom says how many people are you serving? My role really is to serve you. And I'll, just having a tall moment here, transparent, authentic, and honest, this is the toughest job I've ever had. It's the most demanding. There's a burden. There's a burden that goes along with this job to cry for people, to, to pray for people, to intercede for people, to have your heart broken when their heart is breaking. But it's a calling, and, and I am so honored and privileged that I get to do this. But I'm telling you, it is a, it's a hard job. It's a burdensome job because you feel the burdens of people. You take those on yourself. And I think these guys, I think some of these guys begin to get it and begin to understand. One, they can't do it on their own and that it is a burdensome job. And what their role was to not be puffed up and say, I'm an apostle, prophet, evangelist. Their role was to be a servant and say, Master, whatever you want me to do, because I know that you are for me, and I know that if I yield my heart and life to you, you will do amazing things through me. And, and so, uh, you know, I was, I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about James and John's mom asked Jesus if when he entered his kingdom, if, if his sons could, one could be, be on the right and one be on the left. And Jesus tells her, woman, you, you don't even know what you're asking here. You, you don't know what you're asking. And so, like we talked about this morning, God is good. God will protect us. Sometimes we don't know what we're asking. Lord God, just help me marry that person. God may be saying, you know, I don't think that's a good thing for you. And then you fast forward 20 years later and you're going, oh man, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so in Matthew 25 Jesus tells how the sheep will be on his right and the goats on his left the sheep will have eternal life and the goats eternal judgment Jesus is saying woman you don't know what you're asking are you asking me to condemn one of your sons so we, that's why we need the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us, and even in the things we pray for. Lord God, what's, what's the right thing to pray for? And when God says no, rejoice, because he is for you. There's a good reason he's saying, no, you're not getting that job. No, you're not getting that transfer, whatever that may look like, because I'm for you, and I have something better for you. And you're further equipped... As, as we serve others, just begin serving. You know, it, it doesn't really matter what your, your giftings and your talents are. Use those where God has, has planted you. Use your gifts in the environment that God has, has you in right now, that he's using you in. Your gift will work at the store, will work while ushering, will work while greeting. It works in Kima, works in Africa, works in the workplace. Just begin to serve God and just be open to him. Be available and say, God, I'm available. What, what do you need? In Ephesians 4.16, let's look at that again. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Do we understand how much we need one another so that we're healthy and growing together in love? 
your your workplace is uh, is important because people need some Jesus there. Your place of service is important, whether it be there, whether it be here, wherever it is. Your service models it examples to others and helps others grow. So when you're serving on a team here, if you don't show up, you know it has an impact. When you show up, it has an impact because people are depending on you. People are are connecting with you. And it's important that we that we show up, that we're committed, and, and that we're here. And so, uh, you know, it, it not only models to other people, but we're missing out if you're not here. You're missing out if you're not here. So my first point was to be available. My second point is to be a servant. My third point is to be a minister. We're all in full-time ministry. 2 Corinthians 3, 5 and 6. It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. Again, it's not based on our abilities. It's based on our availability. Verse 6. He has enabled us to be ministers of his new covenant. This is an, a covenant not of written laws, but of the Spirit. The old, the old written covenant ends in death, but under the new covenant, the Spirit gives life. So I, I looked at this in a couple of different translations. That's the New Living Translation. He has enabled us. He has enabled you to be ministers of his new covenant. I looked at, uh, looked at the same uh, sentence in the NIV. He has made us competent as ministers. I looked at it in the New American Center Bible. Who he, I'm sorry, who also made us adequate as servants. The Amplified says, he who qualified us. It's the Amplified version. <laughs> um, the NLT, he has enabled us to be ministers. So through Christ, you are a competent, adequate, qualified, enabled minister. Through Christ. So we're all in full-time ministry. I'm in vocational ministry. I mean, I get paid to do this. This is my job. But this is a calling. It's not a job. I love that I get to do this. I'm so honored. And I take, I take this role very seriously. Because I know that one day I'm going to stand before God and I'm going to be accountable for how well I do my job. How well I follow His leading and do the things that he asked me to do. And, you know, sometimes as a pastor, I do, I'm do. i asked to do things that, that I don't want to do. I'm not talking about ungodly things, unmoral, immoral, unethical things. But, you know, this is, this is tough sometimes. And it's not because... Because you're a terrible congregation, you're you're a wonderful congregation. It's 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 the just part of the job. <laughs> I mean, are there messes in your life? Is there messes in your family? Or are there messes? And and so life can be messy sometimes. And as you, as we understand God's great love for people. As we begin to understand how much he loves people, there's, a, there's an element of a burden on us because we should be loving people in the same manner 
and, and willing to say, God, I'll just I'll serve you. I'll be your slave, whatever you want me to do. Because God loves people. And when we have his heart, we will love people and begin to love him and uh, enough to say, you know what, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach out to those people. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love them. If you'll help me to love them and help me to reach out to them. But it takes us all, and not just you, but all of us being available to be a servant, to be a minister. We should never apologize for the giftings and the blessings of God. But God blesses us to be a blessing to other others. God gifts us. God gives us anointings. God calls us into ministry. Not so that we can have a title or a plaque on our door, but so that we can be used by him and be a blessing. We are ambassadors for Christ. The Lord can and will do amazing things through our lives, at our jobs, at church, in the store, on the golf course, wherever we go, whatever we do, if we will yield to him. 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It's living by God's power. And we cannot live by God's power when attempting to live through our own power, our own flesh, our own carnality. God gives us gifts and talents. And like as a musician, I know that uh, we should have some skill. <laughs> I mean, if these guys didn't have any skill, our worship wouldn't be at the level it is. And I can tell you whenever I play, uh, whenever I get the opportunity to play drums, I spend time. I, I've been, I don't know how, I was thinking about this. I've probably spent thousands of hours practicing and playing drums, practicing. I can remember when I was younger, I would sit in my room and play drums for like eight hours. It must have drove my parents crazy. <laughs> I don't know how they put up with it. Well, my room was at the complete opposite end of the house, and, and, the, and they were at the other end. But... Listen, if, if God has given you some gifts and talents, develop those as well. Get some skill and talents. And, uh, you know, there's, there's an element of preparation and practice that goes into that. The word says play skillfully before the Lord. Play in the right key. <laughs> you know, play on the right beat. You know, all those kinds of things. Because, listen, when we understand that we're giving those back to him, that we should be desiring to serve him with excellence to the best of our ability, not our leftovers. I mean, you know, think of all that he's done for us. So we need to excel in all the things that he's called us to do. We need to do that to the best of our ability. We need to excel at our jobs. We need to be good, a good witness. We need to be a good role model. And God uses us as we are available, as we choose to be a servant, as we choose to be a minister. And I, I think it's kind of like this. It's like, how can I serve you? What, what do you need? Can I get you a glass of cool water? Would you, would you like something else to eat? What can I do for you? Would you like prayer? What do you need? Can I love on you? Can I encourage you? What, what is it I can do for you? What can I do for you? That's what God is looking for. People that have that kind of heart. And then he says, there's somebody that I can trust because their heart is in alignment with my purpose, my plan. Jesus came to serve us, that we would be brought into this relationship. What is your heart today? Is your heart self-serving or is it to serve him?
Thank you for tuning into our broadcast. For more information, be sure to find us at our website at www.lifefellowship.me or call us at 832-864-2800. Have a great week and remember to live it. God bless you.